Welcome to Film Strip. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about <laughs> Leprechaun <laughs> 2. <laughs> Are we really here to do this? <laughs> Leprechaun 2, starring Warwick Davis, Siobhan Durkin, Charlie Heath, and Sandy Barron. Written by Mark Jones, Terry Meyer, and Al Septane. Directed by Rodman Flinder, who most of you will know from his Fabulous work on Party of Five, I'm sure. Released in 1994 on a budget of $2 million, Brian. More than double of the last one. <laughs> it made $2,260,000 at the budget, at the box office and forced the remainder of the franchise, yes, there are more, to go straight to DVD. So, Brian, why are we talking about Leprechaun 2? Well, Leprechaun 1 was so awesome. That we gave it lot small popcorns each. Some about both, both small popcorns. But yeah. Jay, like we <laughs> said in the podcast before, reading the plots of the the later films, we had to revisit our little green friend because they looked so ridiculous, and we found out why when we come to this one. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, we did, and and I guess we should let everybody in on the bigger secret. You know, you decided to establish a tradition here for <laughs> the film strip side of continuous play that every St. Paddy's Day and every Halloween we were going to do a Leprechaun film, which I guess means we'll be doing these till 2017. Yeah, well, there, there <laughs> are there's six, a... I believe, in all currently. Who knows yeah. if they'll come out with yeah. more. Oh, I'm sure Warwick Davis isn't hurting <laughs> for some cash. Uh, so there are six in all. So that would what put us, uh, we got two now, two more next year, two more the year after that. That would give us the next three years, <laughs> two, two and a half years of, of, of good <laughs> stuff to look forward to on Halloween and St. Paddy's Day. That's right. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, I guess as a, as a closing bit of our Shocktober of uh, thriller films, I mean, we opened up with the completely unknown Donkey Punch, <laughs> uh, did the one-two of Blair Witch and Blair Witch 2 in the middle, and now Leprechaun 2, so I don't know that we could have picked four. Jay, I'm sensing a theme of us doing a bunch of crappy movies. I don't, I don't know. Is Leprechaun 2 proper hardcore with a shaky cam? I guess that's, that's something we need to think about. But uh, I don't think Leprechaun 2 is proper proper anything <laughs> it doesn't is the director trying to make some larger esoteric uh scholastic statement with this I, well i want the audience to keep this in mind as we go through this movie if you have not seen this listen it took three people to write this garbage Three, three people yeah. to write this. And Brian, who knows how many other people came in and did stuff here and there. I mean, really, th these kind of things are notorious for that. I think my four-year-old could write this movie better. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. But <laughs> I guess before we get any more into it, you better give us a plot summary. So good luck with some of that. Let's get this started. And I will let you know I wrote this beauty myself. So, the leprechaun must wait until his 1,000th birthday to claim his bride, and it is that time for the evil little bastard. In order to get his girl to fall for him, he must get her to sneeze, not once, not twice, but three times without someone saying God bless you. That's right. This is the premise of this, folks. Three times without saying God bless you. Apparently, leprechaun has a human slave that he tells all of this information to before showing him the beauty that he has chosen to be his bride. But unfortunately for Leprechaun, his choice is also his slave's daughter, and the slave foils his plan by saying the unspeakable words just after the third sneeze. The Leprechaun quickly kills and curses the family of his slave and promises that in 1,000 years he will return to claim his slave's descendant as his bride. Fast forward now to present-day Los Angeles, and the leprechaun has returned to lay claim to Bridget, who is an annoying young woman. <laughs> <laughs> However, Bridget already has a loser boyfriend who cons people out of money and takes them on tours of death houses. That's right. That is an actual thing that happens, folks. <laughs> leprechaun kidnaps Bridget after killing a few people and framing the loser boyfriend, Cody, but loses a gold shilling in the process, and we all know what happens when the leprechaun loses a gold shilling. Mass chaos ensues. As he grosses out his new bride-to-be, he notices that this extra shilling 
is actually missing. And it is the exact shilling that he needs for unknown reasons. It's on and Leprechaun goes in search of the missing gold coin. Cody's boss, mentor, guardian, or whatever the hell he is, Mort, tries to help foil Leprechaun's plans by getting him drunk and luring him into a wrought iron safe. <laughs> because apparently Leprechauns don't like wrought iron. Who knew? I don't, I don't get it. After capturing the little green monstrosity, Mort locks Cody in a room and forces the Leprechaun to give him three wishes. Unfortunately for Mort, that was a stupid move, and he ends up a casualty instead. Cody follows the Leprechaun to his tree mansion and outsmarts him and blows him to smithereens with a wrought iron rod to the stomach. Cody rescues Bridget, and they walk off into the daylight together, and that is the movie, folks. Wow. Wow, Brian. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was bad the last time. <laughs> this one was is also called One Wedding and Lots of Funerals. The uh, the little take on uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, the, the big Brit comedy at the time. When is this supposed to take place? Because it doesn't fit much with the first movie. Well, there's conflicting ideas on when this is supposed to take place. What I had seen is that this it assumes that this film take takes place a few years after the events of the first film. But they actually make an error when they say this because Leprechaun says he's only 600 years old in the first film. And he, this film assumes that he's now 2,000 years old before this happens. I've also read this takes place chronologically before the events of the first film. And then also that this is actually chronologically fifth in the order of a leprechaun. So who that knows when this damn thing takes place. But I would like to believe that it takes place before the events of the first film. And the reason is, is that in the first film, he mentions um, a key fact of that he, you know, they wouldn't they would be a lot more afraid of him if he had his powers back. And of course, yeah. we never learn what those powers are. But I'll tell you what, we learn a lot about his powers in this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's right out of the gate with it. And I guess the only way to start is like last time we just have to go through this. And, uh, you know, we we open up in olden times. Simply we know that because of the way people are dressed. Because the 80s synth pop that's uh, chasing somebody through the woods is not giving me a time for it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, we open up in the old days, you know, and... Good old Leprechaun and his his slave, and that's when he does the whole like gimmick, the whole setup. Now I will say this, you know, this movie is uh, unbelievably stupid, <laughs> but I actually thought the little gimmick about you know he can choose a girl that sneezes three times or whatever was kind of cute. I mean, it's it's stupid, but it's a cute little gimmick. I kind of went with that for about eight seconds. Yeah, eight seconds is about all you can go with it. My first thought is is that you know, he's got this friend. I mean, what the heck? Leprechaun's just walking around like normal, talking to this dude. I was like, what is going on here? Leprechaun isn't trying to kill this guy. No, it's his slave, and apparently they're, they're best buds. Well, it's, it's because this guy tried to steal his gold, and apparently back in the old days, instead of you know whacking you like he did everybody else in, in uh, Jennifer Aniston's town, when you tried to steal his gold, you became a slave. <laughs> You know, for a, a certain amount of time. So, I, what kind of services do you think the Mister Slave performed for? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think we want to what, go there. What kind of services? <laughs> what kind of services do you think the slave performed for Leprechaun? Did he help him with this shoe fetish shining thing, or what? You no, know, that's a good question. I don't think you, anyone can help him with the shoe shining fetish. That's just something that he's OCD about. But I don't, I don't know what he would do. Maybe he would cook him dinner, do his lunch. What what's a leprechaun need a slave for to hide his gold? Well, then, and and again, we'll talk about the magic of the gold in a little while. But it's not like it's laying about, right. you know. It's it's certainly tucked away under the magic cloak. But okay, you mentioned it before though. The powers that the, yeah. the leprechaun has. Apparently, he's got the power of like the force choke, because that's basically what he does to he's the dad after the. The dad does the whole God bless you thing yeah, to the, the daughter. he's got powers beyond belief. He can throw people halfway across the air with a flick of his wrist. He got shit that shoots out his fingers. I mean, this dude's got everything. It's like, where did this come from? 
Well, he had the green. He had the green magic last time. So I mean, we've seen that. Well, yeah, but that was after he had gotten his gold bag, and there was just a coin missing. So he had gotten his powers back. Well, now he's got all sorts of powers. You can do pretty much anything he wants. And it's like, how do you match up against this guy? I mean, yeah, really, I, it's hard. It's hard to t- tell. And of of course, it has to be the slave dad's daughter. And I got a question: Who does laundry on a windy, cold night? Um, she's out there basically like hanging the laundry (laughs) my favorite though is that they're sitting there and he goes wait till you see the one i picked me lad and the guy's like licking his lips like "Ooh, this is a good one right and all of a sudden that's my daughter oh my god (laughs) and then then like 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 you and your best buddy going oh man i met this hot girl and it's your sister or something you know then it just changes everything oh it's just uh yeah, and of course happens. it would have to be the daughter. But I kind of went with that, you know. But I love the whole bit that, like, now that that's ruined, he has to wait another thousand years. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's the year ninety four, and he's got to wait till nineteen ninety four. And what does he say? I'm going to find somebody from your lineage, really? Because I'm like, wait a minute, where's the mom? I don't see her anywhere, right? Yeah. Dad's about to get force choked to death. <laughs> This girl, is she going to go and populate the earth? I mean, that is so weird. But it's even better that in the opening credits, he follows a scroll that gives her lineage. And it's like the Titanic brought the O'Days to the new world. Hey, they at least got on the right ride. But wasn't the Titanic's main voyage when it sank? So that doesn't make any damn sense. And and maybe it's not the Titanic, but it looks an awful lot like it. So whatever, they came over in steamship, but really, there's only like seven women in a thousand years. I know. Well, you never know. Obviously, it takes more men to populate the seed, right? So I can see that being a possibility. But yeah, you're right. It was kind of ridiculous. And he's making you know snide comments every one you see as it goes through this thing. Yeah. But yeah. And can I tell you this, Brian? The funny thing was for me when I popped this movie in on my four disc companion that I got to watch these things. <laughs> Which I also You know, I had a choice one <laughs> yes, you know, part one or two and I go to part two. Like the movie skipped all of this. Like it started in nineteen ninety four and I thought, is this how this thing opens? Like I had to actually go back and rewatch this and find it. Because for some reason my disc is programmed to not watch any of this. And I asked myself, <laughs> did I even need to know any of it? No, totally. You know? Yeah. Well here's my thought is it's just, you know, how did Okay, so say this takes place in 1994 and the original movie was supposed to take place in 1992, right? How does little bastard get back from the dead? I don't know, man. I don't I don't understand it. Like, again, I don't understand the timeline. And like yeah. you said, it probably makes more sense if we think about it before. that this happens before. Well, until the end, it but, makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, well, and we'll, we'll get Although, there. We'll get if there. If you think about d- it, yeah, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But I got a thought on, a thought on that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we we can get there, but we are back in. We're in Los Angeles, all right? And you and I both wrote down the same thing in our notes. These kids can't act at all. Charlie Heath and Siobhan Durkin, who play Cody and Bridget, which may be the worst on-screen couple ever. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. When the old drunk guy, the con, is the best actor in the film, that's not a good thing. Yeah, Sandy Baron, who looks like a reject out of a couple of Rob Zombie flicks, but it's just that old kind of washed up, half drunk con artist slick, but you know has the best interest of the kid in mind. Yeah. He's Cody's. Whatever, we don't even know. No, yeah, well, yeah, I got I got thoughts on that in a minute too, but. The the whole bit here, though, is that Cody is selling tickets on the Death Houses tour. Now, the funny thing about that, Brian, if if I would just have seen this movie, I would have never bought that that kind of thing exists. But having been to places like Savannah, Georgia, and Charleston, South Carolina, and have friends that live out in California and stuff, these tours exist. And Absolutely. most of the time, much much like Mort's, they're just a big ripoff. But it's all about go see where Marilyn Monroe's head's buried, or Jimmy Hoffa's toe, or you know, all this kind of stuff, or... <laughs> You know, so or, or go see this is where Tupac, you know, lives for a short time or something. You know, it's all this kind of stuff. The whole setup here is that Cody is this lovable kid, but for better or worse, he's tied to Mort, who's not really responsible. He's trying to get the business going and he's trying to keep up with Bridget, his high maintenance would be girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Now, 
my immediate thought is Bridget would never have anything to do with a guy like this. Well, I don't know. She doesn't seem like the classiest of all people, so who knows? I don't know. I just I just thought that their pairing Let's let's look at it this way. The dude that's trying to pick her up is also pretty much a loser. Well, uh, we'll get to Ian in a minute. <laughs> so. We haven't got to the go kart place yet, but <laughs> but the whole the whole framing of this is that Cody is an honorable guy stuck in an, in a dishonorable situation. You know, he's having to do the whole rip off. Sure. Well, he's the hustler, right? He's the one hustling the people and getting them to pay. But okay, good point. But when Mort's too drunk to do it, Cody has to do the tour, right? And he has to drag his would be girlfriend again along with it, which is. I, I do have to say, the hearse was a little touch of awesome. Well, I mean... Taking it, the tour it, in the it, hearse. And I love how they shoved the other people in the back of the hearse. That was pretty fun. Uh, well, the fact that Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother's oh, a part of that, yeah. anytime he's a part of a weird movie, I'm down for it. I thought the dude only acted in his brother's stuff. No, he actually gets work outside of Ron's amazing. stuff. But he is, he is always in Ron's stuff. Even back to the Andy Griffith Show days, he was a kid on that show, too. But I've been on this type of tour, and the funniest thing on it is the lady with the bucket of water when they're rolling through, like, the ghetto. Yes. You know, and it's been the only th- funny thing so far besides the would-be Titanic joke. It literally... Okay, Jay, uh, let's be honest. This was probably the only part in the movie where I actually chuckled. Well, yeah, because it's the only good part. And you know what I noticed, too, Brian? This thing looks like a TV movie. I mean, for better or worse, Leprechaun 1 looked like a movie. You know, maybe not a good one, but it was a movie. This looks like something shot for, you know, the Thursday night Fox bit when Fox didn't have any money. I mean, it. uh, this looks cheap. Yeah, they took that $2 million they spent on this movie and basically use it all for the power effects and that's it and that those weren't great but uh, you don't do a whole lot on two million dollars right even in 1994 two million dollars don't get you much that ain't that ain't that ain't much anything for for any kind of a movie so i mean again it's a tv budget and it's uh, it just looks bad you know but the whole bit is that bridget's mad because cody was supposed to take her on a date and instead, he's drug her along on the scam and then is going to take her on the date. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing is like, look, look, Bridget, working is part of life. We we got to we gotta grow up a little bit here. I immediately don't like her at all. Now, no, Cody, I, I have no feelings about it at all. I just think he can't act. But I do not like Bridget at all. No, I think she comes off as stuck up and snotty. I I, yeah. I didn't like her either. I thought just like I was just like really this is gonna be our heroine. I mean, let the leprechaun have her for all I care. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it was if if that's I mean you know too this is who he's gonna go after in some way. She's the lineage of all of this you know mess. Right. But uh, you know but the, they leave the last house or they leave one of the the last houses which is supposed to be Harry Houdini's house and like the people of Ireland sent him a tree. <laughs> so yeah, whatever. But. <laughs> You know, I'm like, why not a clock and some whiskey? But, you know, sure. So the foam tree begins to move where the the old homeless man puts his hand on it. And, of course, he drops his bottle of rot gut into it. And that's all it takes to resurrect the leprechaun is to pour whiskey in a tree. Well, I think that's all it took. I think that uh, got the leprechaun going a little. He he was playing with it, like playing with his food. Probably hadn't uh, killed anyone in quite a while and felt the the desire to uh, take someone out and why not an old homeless guy who's just looking for his booze worked okay and again problems problems with the first movie's continuity because how did the leprechaun get to america in the first way he stowed away on old man o'grady's suitcase right right <laughs> and, yeah. so did is the tree go back i guess i have to get to that at the end i don't know i'm i'm i need to stop maybe the tree has some kind of uh Magic. I mean, that tree, when you go inside of it, it's flipping huge. Oh, it's massive. So maybe there's some magical tunnel back to Ireland since it was given to him by the Irish. This is true. I don't know. It's it's a portal. It's a portal, Jay. That's it. I'm I'm (laughs) trying to connect too much continuity here, I guess. But but you can't. There is none. (laughs) An interesting thing happens here, though. Homeless guy has a gold tooth, which is one problem, right? (laughs) But now Leprechaun has become, again, a Jedi with power over nature, and he must have the gold tooth. I thought it was just his gold. 
Exactly. What happened to the hundred pieces of gold that he must have? Now it's like whatever is like he rips his dude's tooth out and pulls out this gigantic like uh, cauldron of gold that he throws his thing in. It's, it's an actual pot of gold. And it's got yeah. all sorts of crap. Gold necklaces, gold chains, gold everything. It's like, can, okay. can I say that though that's an upgrade over the magical bag of gold? Hey, I like the magical bag of gold better. Although it should have been magical pot of gold. Yeah. Coins. But still. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it, you're right. It's all of his gold bling or whatever. And there's a ton of it. But there's Where another thing that happens from? there, too. The whole ripping out of the tooth. This movie has already gone way beyond where the last one was. They've gone oh, yeah, for yeah. the gore. There's blood and spit and all that stuff. And I'm going, ha. Huh. So they, they spent the money on the effects budget. And they decided we got to go for the gore because the kids want the gore. Absolutely. It's all the, about the gore in this one. I mean, the comedy in this is so bad, Jay. The The one-liners that he delivers are so horrible. That the script is so bad that they had to do something to make it at least somewhat attempted to be entertaining. So they thought, let's just add some gore in here. And later on, let's add some nudity. That's all they have going for them. Yeah, because it ain't story. That's for sure. Heck no. Yeah. And so, of course, the tour ends finally. And Cody drives his would-be girlfriend, Bridget, to the go-kart place. (laughs) Which, you know, I'm going, are we in Karate Kid land now? We're going on that date? But they go in and they meet up with Ian, the other boy, who's apparently working there or whatever. And Cody is getting kind of blown off by Bridget or or whatever. And we have this little fake out of this POV of something coming out from the corner. And it's a dog. And I'm like, this makes no sense. Like, okay, maybe... You're trying to give us the, the thought that this is the leprechaun spying on them, which would make sense, right? That would make sense if the leprechaun right. is spying on them. No, it just ends up being some dog. Why did we care what the dog was looking at? Yeah, I, I, it's a fake out. That's all it is, Brian. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a fake out so that they can try and and get us. Uh, you know, excited for when the leprechaun comes out of nowhere, but it's, it's so badly done. And now they've created this whole love triangle to create some more dramatic oh, oh, tension. Is that in, what it was? A story that had been on. <laughs> I, I that was guess. A, that I was a know, pretty bad time. Cause Bridget, Bridget goes to, uh, goes with Ian, but, but, you know, she's going to go hang out with him for the rest of the night or whatever. Yeah. Which I thought was so lame, you know. It was bad, Jay, but it, the worst part is coming up, and we'll get to that. All right, so Bridget and Ian apparently go on this date or whatever, and he drops her off back at the house. And, oh, man. And, and she's like, okay, goodbye. And he's like, wait a minute, can I come in? Like, he was wanting a little something-something for them hot dogs. This is the best line of the night because... It's, you can't even explain it. He looks at her and says, well, I took the whole night off for you. And what about those chili dogs I bought? Because that (laughs) means he's going to get laid, right? Uh, Seriously? Oh, you took the night off. You you didn't take the night off. You just left. And really, two chili dogs? Wow, if that, that would make her one cheap date. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I mean, really cheap. I mean, now, we have a cutaway in this where the leprechaun has his little wooden stick that's like a magical floating compass that will point him to his bride-to-be. What and it points in the general that? direction of Bridget's house from Harry Houdini's house. Right. And <laughs> and he obviously knows exactly where it's pointing to, right? Yeah. He's, he's heading there. And as he's figuring out on his way there, some guy comes up to him in a slick suit going, if you ever get an act, you know, you need some help. It's like an agent, right? And of course what's he wearing a gold ring so we gotta get another another gore leprechaun rips the guy's finger off and like licks his finger and then gets the gold the gold ring and i'm like already two completely useless kills if you were for for gore's sake and he lays the line finger licking good oh one of the many groaners in this whole stupid thing but you know <laughs> oh yes and at that point i'm i'm realizing something though we've spent way too much time on the humans <laughs> i don't know enough about leprechaun because i don't want to know what's happening with bridget and her chili dog date and no. all this goofiness of course chili dog boy gets ready to leave right but he sees 
Bridget, I guess it is. Well, Bridget's calling to him, saying, "Yeah, like I changed my mind. Why don't you come in?" She's standing in the garage, okay, <laughs> of this gorgeous house. By the way, Bridget lives in a nice place, and we not explained why, but she does anyway. She's standing in the garage and she starts to undress herself. She takes off her top, and I'm like, "Wow, nudity!" Didn't expect him to go there. Like, really, didn't expect him to go there. But behind a stack of stuff, we see it's the leprechaun. So, like, he's yeah. like able to throw apparitions now. Exactly. What the crap is that? Since when could he make things appear out of nowhere? Or actually, what he does is he masks what the real thing is with with something you want to see. That is like. When did he get yeah. this power? And what's the real thing is a pair of like industrial lawnmower blades oh, spinning. Yeah, but then he mistakes for her chest. Let's talk about the chest here. I mean, that was <laughs> such not. a bunch of crap. It was there's no way that that was her real breasts. That looked like so bad plastic mannequin that I don't even know if, 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 I, if it I will say this. I don't know if it's plastic mannequin. I don't think they belong to that actress. One Hell second. No. <laughs> I don't think that's at all who those are. But Ian leans in to, of course, kiss these things. And, of course, he kisses the blades. Now, we don't really see it. We see it kind of from behind the lawnmower. Yeah. But his face basically gets chopped off. There's blood flying everywhere. And the leprechaun's sort of, hey, hey, hey over oh, in the corner. Course. And I'm going, man, this movie has just gone off the rails so hard 30 minutes into it. And I have no idea what what are we even setting up here. Yeah, I don't know. At this point, we got Ian is is now toast, right? And here comes Cody. As Mort has told him that he needs to he needs to go get her because he's got to fight for her, right? Okay, so right. apparently they're dating, which wasn't made exactly clear other than that they were hanging out that night. Because honestly, they never said they were going on a date. They just said they were going out together. Uh, hanging out, and so now they're dating. Yeah, but I just assumed it was a I, date I, too. But now it's they're actually an item. Didn't know that. Wouldn't have expected that with the way she brushed him off and went with Ian. But hey, whatever. Mort tells him he has to go get her. Hey, hey, the allure, the allure of of go karts and chili dogs, Brian. Never, never, never doubt. I well, yeah, that's true. I mean, how can you turn down a chili dog or two? I mean, seriously. Anyway, Mort tells him he needs to go get her, so he goes goes out to to Bridget's house. Goes in to talk to her, you know, shows up at her door with flowers. She's freaking out because she's seen the leprechaun at this time and actually thinks it's the leprechaun coming after her. And so when she sees it's him, lets him in the house and they're sitting there. But how, I want to know how the hell leprechaun got in the house at that point, because all of a sudden he shows up. Yeah, he just pops out around the corner when when Cody's about to say, God bless you. She's sneezing over her flowers that he brought her and he starts right. strangling Cody with the telephone cord. Oh yeah, because yeah, because he's trying to make her sneeze uh, to say to to make her his his bride, right? Right. And apparently, saying "God bless uh, you" with a card doesn't work. You have to say it clear. I, I don't he know. Got the whole thing out. I I heard the whole thing, even though he's being strangled. I know it's really really weird, but apparently not because he he disrupts him with the telephone cord bit but of course the leprechaun grabs bridget and decides he's going to disappear but in the process he loses one of his gold coins which of course rolls directly into cody's hands while oh, yeah. he's laying on the ground and oh, we learned something else here too wrought iron apparently hurts the leprechaun okay where did that come from yeah what who came up with that idea that's the dumbest thing i ever heard in my life I can find nothing anywhere. Now, they reference later on some book where this is in or right. whatever, but I'm going, that's bogus. They just made that up so they could have some weapon that was better than Jennifer Aniston's plaid jeans or whatever, or or a, or a lucky, or a, what was it, a four-leaf clover shot out of a uh, slingshot. They needed something else. I, I Man, I wish they would have gone with the four-leaf clover bit again, because out in California, that'd be believable. It'd be hard to find. Yeah, it yeah. would have made complete sense, and it would have given Cody and Mort something to do. Search for a four-leaf clover. Well, I mean, yeah, what, an old con like Mort wouldn't have access to something like that. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, that'd have been cool, but... Yeah, it, the whole thing's dumb, and but at least they, they went back and tried to explain the wrought iron thing, right? At least they didn't just say, well, Leprechaun, wrought iron's bad for Leprechaun. They actually went back and did a whole backstory with Mark reading this book. So uh, that was at least good. Well, that good is a strong term there, <laughs> but at, at, any, at any rate, 
you know, the police arrive, they, they find Bridget missing, Ian dead, and a note from Cody, which, of course, leads them to find him, basically. And Cody goes back to Mort and tells him what happens, and Mort is convinced he's crazy until the leprechaun breaks in the house and they get away. So how did Leprechaun find Cody? Is it just like, again, magnetic attraction to that gold coin? It has to be. That's the only thing I can think of is that he can sense where his gold is. It's the only thing that would make sense because he, he doesn't know where Cody lives or Mort lives or any of this other stuff. How's he supposed to know? Or maybe it's that spinning log again. I don't know. It's so, again, they're just cutting so many corners here to try to get places. And it, and this film, this movie already feels too big, Brian. It's like they're trying to get to so many different places. They got L.A., so they want to be all over the place now. You know, last time everything was around that farmhouse or that excuse for a town, yeah, yeah. right? So at least we had some location. This, it seems like we're in a different place every five seconds. Yeah. And I don't have anywhere to grab onto. It's true, because we go directly from... You know, Bridget's place to uh, the police. Oh, well, not, not even there. We go from Bridget's place to where Mort's hanging out to get Cody away to Mort's house. And now we're at a pub, a pub that is apparently celebrating St. Patty's Day because that's what day it is. Yeah. And there's a ton of midget midgets dressed up as leprechauns. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, it's we, like we, they got all the midget wrestlers from the time. And put him in the movie. Oh, uh, it's it's ridiculous. They got one of the guys that was in Bad Santa, mm-hmm. and he's been in a lot of other stuff like that. It's it's ridiculous. And he dresses up like a leprechaun at one point and gives out chocolate gold. And I'm like, I roll. Good grief. I mean, it's so obvious. Oh, but that, that chocolate gold is very important yeah. later. Oh yeah, we'll come back to that one in a minute. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's like they like you said, like they got all the little people wrestlers for this movie, right? Of course, Mort's whole angle here is that he's trying to get the gold, right? He wants the leprechaun's gold. So his plan for that is to get the leprechaun drunk. We have to preface this. Earlier in the movie, when Mort was was getting pissed drunk while waiting for Cody to get him some hustling cons going for the death tour, the bartender had switched out his scotch or whiskey, I guess it is, his whiskey with a mixture of water and soda okay and when he drank that he just thought it was disgusting and now what he's done is a leprechaun comes in and he challenges him to a drink off and tells the bartender to give him the special bottle which is the whiskey and the so or the uh, water and the soda mixed together so mort's drinking the water and the soda while leprechaun's drinking straight shots of whiskey this whole time and and Leprechaun can't believe that Mort's beating him in a drinking contest because apparently, you know, Irish people can drink really well. No, that's the legend, exactly. right? I mean, that's the trope that they're playing, which is so ridiculous, right? <laughs> but it's it's all this is going on. It's when that's when Cody gets the little chocolate coin in the bathroom, and and it appears that that Mort is going to win this thing, right? Because the Leprechaun gets so drunk that he can barely speak properly. He can't even use his magic right. He tries to pick up like an ashtray and he drops it, you know, like with his magic and he can't throw it. His force powers are all messed up. Apparently if, if Vader had just got Luke hammered a couple times, you know, the, everything would have been okay. But anyway. There's one line in here that actually it shows the Leprechaun's a little drunk because he, you know, he's really good at coming up with really crappy one-liners, right? So he says, pour all you want, pour all you can, you can't beat me because I'm a Leprechaun. Can't can. <laughs> it, oh. It's so bad. Oh, bad. So that's bad. just I, that's so bad. I didn't even write it down. I just tried to forget that, that even. Oh, happened. I've got a bunch yeah, of the but... one-liners in here, baby. <laughs> I wrote them all down. <laughs> oh man! Well, you know, at least you're able to follow something here, right? Because uh, ain't nothing else <laughs> happening in, in this whole movie. But of course. Mort's whole bit is he's gonna all he wants to do is capture the leprechaun right he's all trying yeah. to angle him you know and trying to get away but leprechaun eventually um hits Mort over the head with a bottle and he gets away so now we're we're back on the chase scene right everybody's running for their lives and the <laughs> leprechaun goes to a coffee shop <laughs> to sober up now, he bumps into a guy that I actually like. Michael McDonald is a longtime player on Fox's Mad TV. He's kind of their Will Ferrell, and he's been in a lot of stuff. He's a big, tall, funny guy and stuff, and he's in this. 
he is tasked with trying to bring a little comic relief in the middle of this movie where we need another yeah. kill. And I knew immediately he was going to get whacked, but how it was going to happen. And I had no idea it was going to be the espresso machine of death. Of course, he's in there totally pissing the leprechaun off all the time by making jokes about him being short. You little short on change. <laughs> you know, being a total arrogant cock to a leprechaun. Not a good idea. So Leprechaun finally says, you know what, screw you, buddy. And he, yeah, yeah, Expresso Machine of Death basically locks him into the Expresso Machine. What does he, he stab both of his hands? Yeah, basically stabs his hands through, like, parts of the feet or something, and then he turns yeah. on all the steam, and it, it essentially melts the guy's face off. Really another gross kill, useless kill, just because we got to spend that effects budget. Well, yeah, exactly, and no, it had no no meaning at all in the whole frame of things or story of things. It was just, like I said, all the kills so far really have had no meaning other than maybe Ian, you could say, because he was hitting on Bridget. Maybe Leprechaun felt a little jealous, but otherwise, you've got the Espresso kill and the the uh, homeless guy. Uh, really, no, and the finger need. guy, the finger guy. Yeah, there yeah. was no need for any of those deaths, right? Yeah, well, any of those those violent acts, but it's yeah. again, it's violence for violence sake. There was no need to have fake Bridget take her top off, right? Right. But it's it's nudity for nudity sake. This movie has fallen into all the horror tropes that you, you get into doing these things because it's what it's what the writers and the producers think people want to see. Well, the, the yeah. problem with that is, and and they're not totally wrong. When you see a horror movie, people want that kind of stuff sometimes, particularly in this era of horror movies. But you got to have at least something. Yeah, there's got to be some story. Even as threadbare as some of the Friday the 13th, like, you know, six and stuff gets, there's at least a story in the middle of some of that. Right. There's nothing tying this together except you got this con who's basically trying to trap the leprechaun because, again, like we said, he's laid out all this knowledge about wrought iron will hurt the leprechaun, and which we've already seen happen. And so they, they go to the go-kart track again, and they basically trap the leprechaun in this big iron safe yeah is is the whole bit and and i did think that was kind of smart well here's my thought on that jay is the bottom of the safe made of felt or something because his feet aren't burning i was wondering that too maybe he's sitting on somebody's will i don't know you know that that's a good question he you would have thought he'd had to try to levitate in that thing which we, which we probably he could be do. able to do he, could, he probably could because he's a leprechaun. Well, he probably could have. He has got magical powers now. But they don't show him doing <laughs> no, that. Of course You're not. right. It's it's again. It's one of those little tricks. But I thought it was okay that that's what they want. But of course, Mort's going with the whole bit. I've caught you now. Now you have to give me your pot of gold. And of course, old Mort gets exactly wow. what he wants. He gets the pot of gold in the stomach, oh, like yeah. from the inside out. Yeah. Ugh. So he catches him and locks Cody in a room, right? And then thinks that he's right. got it made. Leprechaun owes him three wishes. First wish, of course, is the pot of gold. Second wish is to get the pot of gold out of him. So he starts stretching his stomach out, and then he says, well, the only way I can do that is to get out of this thing. So the third wish is to let the leprechaun out of the safe. Idiots. Well, okay, three wishes. we got to go back to this. You mentioned this in the first movie, that that's part of a leprechaun's thing. I thought that was a genie, but is that like really part of the whole leprechaun lore? I'm pretty sure if you find the leprechaun's gold at the end of a rainbow, then you get three wishes. Okay, because I always thought you just got the gold or the bowl of Lucky Charms. Or well, I don't think the leprechaun's going to get the gold. I mean, come on, this is gold. Well, clear, clearly not, not this he tries to you know, kill you. For, well, yeah, this is true. This is true. But I don't know. But, yeah, you're right. The gross kill on old Mort, though, looks so fake, too. Yeah. I mean, it was just, again, gross for grossness sake. But at least it's a character. We've ki- but but unfortunately we've only killed off the only other interesting person in this movie. Seriously, so he's now, the only interesting yeah. person in this movie. Everyone else could give a crap less about. Exactly. Like I would have bought this if if Mort had maybe seen the error of his ways. Now he's just trying to help Cody and get Bridget back. And Ian would have been the one that was like, ah, I caught a leprechaun, and that's what happened to him. And we didn't do the whole spin yeah. blades of death. Yeah, that would have made more sense. That would have made right. sense, but. You know, again, I'm trying to help something that this is beyond repair. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. anyway, Le- Lep goes, he gets out of there, right? And Cody, or well, actually, he goes after Cody, but Cody has found a way to get out. I don't know how. We don't really explain. Maybe he goes up, up to the ceiling, whatever. But he gets out. The leprechaun's running. All of a sudden, here comes leprechaun in a tricked out, like massively tricked out go-kart. 
Where the hell did that come oh, yeah. from? Upgraded them wheels. As if they've got a go-kart, as if they've got a go-kart lying around that has stakes on it and all this other crap. Oh, uh, no, I, t- I, t- I took that all brown as he can magically make you all must. this stuff happen now. Magic powers. And, and, and so, again, I, I, I go with your theory that this has got to be happening before the first movie, before he was defanged right. or whatever. And this is when he's got his full board going. And we learned something else. He tries to run over Cody but Cody's indestructible while he has that coin on his person. And like the half the go-kart disappears when it runs through him. It's, oh, it's yeah. a bad shot. But that's part of it. And I, I like that. Of course, a cop shows up who couldn't hit the broadside of a bar with that gun. I mean, he's blasting away. Again, did this guy teach uh, Nathan how to shoot? Mm. Because he can't hit anything either. Maybe it's a thing with leprechauns is that you can't hit them if you try to shoot them. But. I don't know. But that that So you you, you like the fact that, he, that Cody couldn't get hurt when he had the coin. I thought it was a neat little trope. I mean, why not? You've you got to have some reason for him to be able to withstand all this that's coming at him because he's, he's inadequate on his own. Well, okay. I mean, he hasn't proven to be resourceful enough to do anything yet he's just he's too loyal like he's not a thinker on his feet that's more cody just is trying to do stuff and make stuff work he's conventional so now he's trying to be unconventional so i bought it i thought it was okay and i don't i don't disagree i think it's a good idea to do but wouldn't you think the lab count would know that that were the case and not keep trying to run him over i yeah that's a weakness yeah i don't know well, or maybe he didn't know Cody had it on him. Maybe he thought Mort had. I don't oh, know. That could you be. Know, but, but then once he figured it out, the whatever. Either way, it's yeah, kind of e- Either way, either way. Well, well, now we've got to get back though to where Bridget's been this whole time, and that is the tree house of horror, doom, whatever. The seriously, Jay. Seriously, Jay. I think secretly J.K. Rowling. I think she stole her idea for the tents in Harry Potter <laughs> after seeing Leprechaun 2 and the massive mansion that exists inside of a tree. <laughs> well, honestly, you can trace all this back to like Scooby-Doo. Because <laughs> this was always the thing in the Scooby you know, shows was that it was always much bigger on the inside than it looked like on the outside. And uh, it's, it's ridiculous looking, <laughs> but it gives them somewhere to go. We got to have a final showdown, right? And it looks like something out of the county fair. Well, because you got this skeleton over to the side, which I'm told by, you know, multiple sources is supposed to be the body of the, I guess, quadrillionth grandfather that Bridget would have had, I don't know, the old oh, slave. Yeah, He's been yeah. carrying that around all this hey, time. why not, man? It's a, <laughs> it's a token of his, um, yeah, I don't know. But but here's the well, thing. I don't know. Well, earlier, earlier though, the way he found Bridget wasn't only the picture scroll, but he could smell it in her uh, blood. Yeah. So maybe I don't know. He's been keeping the DNA around. I don't know. You know, he's got magic powers. Maybe he has a super sense of smell. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be another super thing this stupid little thing has. But here's the thing that really gets me. Right. So sh- she's sitting. She's sitting right next to the entrance the whole time. Right. And she knocks the leprechaun out while apparently seducing him and then starts running deeper into the tree mansion instead of going right for the exit. Uh, did she know where the exit was? I got the sense that they were running she in circles. She was sitting right next to it. I got the sense that they were running around in circles the whole time. <laughs> when, when, when her and Cody start going, they were, but when, she, when he comes back to her, you know, she's sitting in there trapped or whatever when he comes back, he comes in through the entrance, and she's sitting right next to him. Well, that's when she also tries to stab him with an ice pick or something, too. So, right, right. You know. Right. Well, of course, that is after he's laid that gross, nasty lick on her face. We ain't even talked oh about that. God, that dude. was... Seriously. Ugh. I ain't even going there. Yeah, that was, that was just <laughs> nasty, man, because there was so much stuff they were trying to... I'm not even, we're not touching it. Moving on. We didn't go there in Donkey Punch. We ain't going there with this. So, though, at this point, I'm ready for Bridget to donkey punch this little green monstrosity because I'm tired of this. <laughs> so I'm watching these people run around in circles and I'm like, ah, more Scooby-Doo, you know, really, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, and immediately I know it, Cody comes out and he's like, oh, where's Bridget? And he goes back through the circle again and he comes out with another Bridget and I'm like, clearly this is going to be the fake Bridget again because yeah. she's teasing you know him she's not one who would kiss him you know bridget's a tease this bridget's wanting to lay it all again on again so we're supposed to believe they're dating right 
Which they've never established. They've never firmly convinced me that that's happening either, Brian. But now we're supposed to buy this. But of course, Cody is, you know, says in a little bit, no, I knew it wasn't you. You know, so he's just going along with it. So we find out that, of course, it's the leprechaun, right? And the leprechaun stabs Cody with a piece of wrought iron, which, you know, just happened to be laying around, of course. And Cody's supposedly dead, and he gets the leprechaun gets his coin back. But aha, it wasn't the real coin, was it? It was the chocolate coin. The dreaded chocolate coin from the mini fake leprechaun in the bathroom. Yeah, I mean that that move works every time. Didn't didn't Hogan win with that in WrestleMania eight or something? <laughs> I mean, really, it's the it's the chocolate coin. But but it's, I don't know, but I heard Sid Vicious won like that. Wow, <laughs> that's a story bad. for another day. Yeah, that's another <laughs> another bad podcast. But uh, Cody stabbed the leprechaun with the iron and kablooey. You know yeah, what? The a, leprechaun explodes in the smithereens like there yeah. ain't no piece you, there's a thousand pieces of leprechaun lying around yeah he's he is everywhere he has become a bowl of lucky charms at that point i mean he is he is and all the little brown pieces do not the good marshmallows and then what happens jay they magically find the exit oh yeah it just appears and now she kisses him and know, she lays it on him yeah and the end comes when what happens he looks at the coin and flips it off, saying he doesn't want to deal with it. The, the dude's dead, all right? So he flips the coin, yeah. and they walk. That's the end of the movie. And they walk away. Yeah, no, I know. And and she's all like, how did you know? And he's like, he kisses differently. Yeah. Me. And they laugh, and they walk home. Oh. And that's it. Credits roll. <laughs> and I'm like, really? That's all of it? I I think I stared at my screen going, really? I just watched this, and I'm now going to podcast about this. Wow. Yeah, I mean, th- this movie is 85 minutes. You take out the cred sequence at the end, it's probably 80 minutes. I I just watched an hour and 20 minutes of what may be the most incomprehensible, inconclusive thing I've ever watched. Ugh. I have no idea what the point was. I, I And you can't tell me the point was the whole Marion bit because they've spent so little time on that. It was all about getting the coin back. And I'm like, which movie is this? Make up your minds. Is it about getting the girl or getting the gold? And, it, yeah. and it's not about both because neither are well established. It's oh, it's just so badly done, man. The writing on this movie is absolutely horrid. The acting is worse. Like, oh, the, the, hey, the people in the first Leprechaun, like some of those people went on to do other things. I, and some of them great things. I've seen those people in other things. I've never seen anyone from this movie besides Sandy Bear and anything else. Don't mistake Nathan for Kevin Bacon now. <laughs> no, but at least I've seen him in other movies. I've seen him on television shows. I've never seen Cody in anything else. I've never seen Siobhan Durkin. They, they can't huh. act. In fact, Dude, I, if I'm not mistaken, the girl never played in another movie again. No, she did some TV and now she's like a casting director, which is hilarious to me. Yeah. No, like, as you would know. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, what are you looking oh, yeah, for? Yeah, that's a good actress. Reminds me of myself. Um, no, we're not. Or maybe, maybe it's, oh, I couldn't do that, so that person is clearly more talented than yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be ugly here, but, I mean, she's terrible. Everybody in this movie is terrible. And moreover, Brian, there's no fun in this. At least no. in the last one, there was some fun. I didn't have any fun watching this. Did you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Leprechaun 1, not a great movie. But... It's gold compared to this. It's so it's like Oscar winning material compared to Leprechaun Two. This movie is so bad. And like I said, there was one time in the whole movie that I even chuckled. And at least in Leprechaun Two, I chuckled, and probably for the wrong reasons because it was really funny to watch some of the stuff they did, and it was probably wasn't supposed to be. In this one, I chuckled one time, like we said, when the when the lady came out and threw water at the car and started cussing them out for stopping in front of her house all the time. That was funny. Other than that, I basically stared at my TV the whole time and was just like, what the hell am I watching? Oh, I've asked myself many times, how did we get here? Like, I, I don't know how we got to this, but I do know this, Brian. We're at the part of the podcast where we give our final recommendations and popcorn ratings for this film. <sighs> what are yours for Leprechaun 2? Leave the popcorn in the damn bag. Don't even take it out. <laughs> Leave it in the cupboard. 
because you're not going to need it. You're going to get five minutes in this movie, and because you're not watching it for a podcast, you're going to turn this crap off. Yeah, there's no need. I mean, I want to say this. This is by far the worst conceived movie we've reviewed on Filmstrip. It's twice as bad as Batman and Robin. It's twice as dumb as Ghostbusters 2. And it's twice as boring as The Last Leprechaun. And no fun at all. Small, wasted bag of popcorn. I I actually will say this. I'm looking forward to St. Patrick's Day in 2012 so we can do Leprechaun 3. So I can see, can this series redeem itself at all? Because this is the last one to go in wide theatrical release. And I see why. (laughs) If they'd have put this out... I mean, good grief. This again, this it wasn't even fun. No. It wasn't funny and it wasn't fun. It didn't achieve anything on any level. Complete failure. Leprechaun 2. Bad, bad. This isn't even a movie where you could get totally hammered and enjoy. No. I, I would I would say you need to be hit with a hammer if you watch oh, this. Yeah. For any other reason than what we've done. Because mm. uh, academic purposes only, I guess. Because, wow. I will remind our audience that even though Leprechaun 1 was bad, we recommended that you actually go and see it for fun laughs. I completely and utterly tell you now, do not bother seeing this Movie. You don't need it. And and from what I've read ahead on the future plot summaries, you don't need to know anything from this. So I don't know that they hang no. on to any of well, this. So Well then they shouldn't. I mean they didn't hang on to anything from the first one. Yeah. So except that he had gold coin and was a leprechaun that had bad puns. That was really it. So yeah. it's yeah, other really, than that, this much. is this is a complete waste of time. But you know what, Brian, this podcast hasn't been. This has been a lot of fun to at least talk through this bad piece of trash <laughs> one time <laughs> and wind up our four thriller films for Shocktober here on Film Strip from Continuous Play. Got a lot of fun stuff planned for the future, folks. Gonna be doing some uh, more of our uh, general discussion uh, podcast sessions in the future. Got a few other films in the works too, besides the leprechaun franchise that we've promised to visit twice a year. Um, Some other stuff coming up again. You can find all of our archives of our podcasts on our website, continuousplaypodcast.com. Click the film strip uh, logo there and you can go and uh, see or go and listen, download all of our other uh, podcasts. You can connect to our social media there, Facebook and Twitter. Follow us there. Leave us a message. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review on iTunes if you get a chance. Let us know what you think of the podcast. You can also check out our sister podcast, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. Brian, you and I have reviewed every episode in the first three seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, along with a couple of fun extras in there for folks. So people can check that out over at the Art of Slaying side of Continuous displaypodcast.com so lots of fun stuff in the future we've enjoyed the ride thank you so much for joining us for these four films that we've done here as a part of our October until next time for Brian I'm Jay thanks for tuning in to Filmstrip thanks for listening to Filmstrip visit our website continuousplaypodcast.com for more reviews and episodes All content used or discussed in this podcast are the property of their respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act Section 504C2, Title 17.